0: This week's podcast brought to you by Jib Cuts.
1: I was pumping gas yesterday, and a car parked in the lot of the convenience store was held together primarily by bumper stickers. It was actually a pickup truck uh, airing many grievances, all of uh, of a similar bent. But at the center of these stickers, somewhat ironically, I noticed upon squinting, was one that said, Stop global whining.
0: So I want to know what you think about this. Yesterday, I'm driving, and on the bike path, there was a couple on a tandem bike, which we see regularly enough, but they were on a tandem recumbent bike see recumbent bikes regularly enough i've never seen a tandem recumbent bike and to like take it over the top it was a man and a woman and they were wearing matching outfits it was like gray like adidas pants with the three stripes on the side a yellow t-shirt matching helmets and um I thought that that was interesting because sometimes you see people out riding their bikes, their road bikes, and they're dressed in their same spandexy clothes, and you think, oh, all right, they're part of a club or a team or whatever, but you don't usually see people on tandem bikes dressed alike. Never seen some two people on a recumbent tandem bike and then the matching, the matchy-match outfits. What, are your, what do you think about that? I have
1: a few thoughts. Okay. One, the tandem lie-flat bike is both recumbent And redundant. Okay. Two, you also never see tandem unicycles. (laughs) Okay. Do you?
0: I don't think that would work.
1: I think it's called a bike, right?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And three, we have friends who have or at least had a tandem Schwinn, like vintage 60s Schwinn tandem bike. You and I should get one uh,
0: uh which one but, the recumbent? Uh, not a recumbent the old no. Tandem? no no the
1: the the old Vintage. school tandem mm-hmm. basket on the front a carry i'll ca- i'll i'll carry a picnic basket which front the first front or the second front the uh, cuz you you could put
0: baskets like a, there's two handlebars right you could have a basket for each
1: yeah a little bell for each and and then we, we'll go We'll, we'll ride that around town and, and go on picnics.
0: Would we have to dress alike?
1: Absolutely. We'd have matching parasols. <laughs> uh-huh. What else? I just think that would be nice. I, I, I think then, then every, every day would be a, a movie montage where there'd be a, a song playing and we'd be riding our tandem bike with our picnic baskets.
0: We've, um, we've moved from your affectation being a monocle
1: I could still wear the monocle.
0: Or a, a top hat or a cane or whatever you've said along the way. And this could be our affectation of a, a tandem bike that we ride
1: around town. Or, even better, remove the wheels.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And uh, just have a, a stationary recumbent bike. Uh, I'd call it a couch.
0: But, well, if we had a stationary recumbent bike would we put it in the driveway would we put no, it like I, in the basement i,
1: I, I wouldn't I, w- I would remove the wheels and the pedals i would just be recumbent
0: okay <laughs> we could just be recumbent together
1: yes yeah i guess I would be I'm, a couch. i'm already redundant the nice thing is if we get a recumbent bike there will be room in the garage for it since i cleaned out the garage
0: i was impressed by that because it was just untidy we usually clean it for. out what would you say once a year Possibly. About that. And, um, yeah, I came out, I think it was on Saturday morning, to find you, without being asked, just cleaning up the garage. It was very, very welcomed.
1: But it's also emotionally draining and um, having to part with sporting goods that no longer fit somebody or old... Baseball gloves, even if they were like got little a, kid toys. that Little Fisher-Price golf yeah. club set with that. We don't have anybody that size anymore. And and also that garage was a museum of of former enthusiasms. You know, oh, look, we still have these uh, field hockey sticks. Nobody right. plays field hockey. That was like a two-fall experiment. That Well, not an experiment. It was
0: well, she a, a two-fall two experience. Fall. Yeah, yeah, there you go, experience.
1: But um, but that time will never exist again, and it bums me out. Now, the 11 graphite baseball and softball bats that we have, I was happy to get rid of some of them. The 25 jump ropes? 25 jump ropes, and I, I said to our youngest, can you choose your favorite jump rope? And she said, and we'll get rid of the rest, and she said, how about I choose my favorite six? <laughs>
0: And part of that is they would do jump rope for heart at school. And, you know, you're supposed to go out and you know solicit donations. And our kids wouldn't really do that. So they would get the minimum, which the prize for the minimum amount of um, funds raised every year was a jump rope. So we get like four jump ropes every year as part of the jump rope and, for heart. And they
1: had a jump rope club at school, which yeah. was a great thing where they would do little jump rope routines at the senior center. Again, those days vanished, and uh, it bums me out. But I do like with our double garage, putting the thought of putting into our our two car garage a tandem bike and performing double dutch and um, some kind of doublement twins scenario that I is playing in my mind since since those commercials were on when I was a kid.
0: The um, it, was, it was a two part process: the cleaning of the garage. You got. A bunch of stuff together, and then I get to take it to the the dump, the transfer station in town, um, which is something I actually enjoy doing. I like going to the dump. I like, and one of the reasons we usually go to the dump is we have like too much recycling for our recycling bin, and they have you know a huge recycling bin there, and I can take it there. But they also have like I don't think they call it a swap, but it's a place where you can put stuff that is still in good order that somebody else might it's,
1: want. It's the possessions equivalent of need a penny take one have a penny leave one yes
0: exactly and um but I I like going there not only because I like you know getting rid of the recyclables or getting rid of the stuff but I like to see my friends there (laughs) and I don't I don't know some of their names but I know their faces and it's usually like some older men who are in town and it's sort of the same feeling I get when I go like to the grocery store I like I feel like even though I don't you know, I see these people just occasionally. And I'm not talking about the other people at the grocery store. I'm talking about the people who work at the grocery store. I feel like it's my, my other life. And I get to go see my friends at the grocery store. Or I get to go see my friends at the dump. And, uh, and that's it, my other life.
1: As with everything in our lives, those people are often <laughs> more friendly to you than to me.
0: It, well, th- I think it's, uh, it's take a penny, leave yes. a penny. I am friendly to them.
1: No, that's... that's they are friendly to me. I, I am friendly to all I encounter, but all I encounter are not always entirely friendly to me.
0: Well, I wouldn't say that you are entirely friendly. You're friendly enough, but you're not effusively Friendly. You don't give off the, I'm going to be so friendly to you and that even if, like I had a friend, a girlfriend I, of I'm, mine.
1: I am not effusively friendly.
0: No, I had a girlfriend of mine say to me recently, because um, she, she, like she can talk to anybody, a stranger, super friendly. And she had an encounter where the guy wasn't particularly friendly back and she said, I like take that as a challenge. Then I'm going to raise my level of friendliness and see if I can get you to raise yours at all. It's like this, this challenge. You are not that. Like, if somebody's not necessarily friendly back to you, you're not gonna raise your friendliness. You're probably gonna lower it <laughs> until you guys can meet in the common ground of misery. <laughs> and, 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 and what? Do
1: you, and what do you do? Give me uh, a give me a tip on, I'm, on going through I'm life. I'm somewhere as between somebody you and my friend.
0: I'm I'm somewhere between you and my friend. But I'm gonna give out the friendly vibe at first and see if like, all right, I'm feeling this out like a boxer. How uh, how friendly are you? But oftentimes,
1: in? you encounter strangers to whom you are not a stranger. So they come in with some feeling about perhaps, you, perhaps. Whereas they just have to like or dislike the cut of my jib.
0: Where does that come from? That saying, the cut
1: of your jib. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it, it I was It sounds thinking? nautical. I assume it comes from sailing, but I, I we'll I, have to I,
0: look it up. And actually, this morning I was driving our kids to um to a camp. And I don't know why. I must have said this phrase. And then immediately I thought, where does that come from? And I said to them um, something about, you know, showing you the ropes. We need to um, look that one up, too. The origin of
1: That also has to be nautical. Showing, you the, ropes. showing be. you the ropes on a, on a sailing ship. Bat in the
0: hatch is everything. All of our sayings are
1: But But just notical. back up, you were taking the kids to where? To camp. Oh, you, you had a...
0: What, did I say it with a weird like, accent? Uh,
1: camp, like C Y A M P. It's
0: taking them to camp. Okay. Does that sound weird to you?
1: Even our own kids said yesterday, why do you call them hamburgs? That's and just. You, and you just say that's my ridiculous affectation. No, I didn't. I said, your that's what have, my parents called them. Your kids have them. grown up in the same place You're, you grew up, and yet they don't call them hamburgs.
0: That's what my parents called them. And I'm not going to apologize for calling them hamburgs. You know what I mean? If well, I say, can you pick up some hamburgs? Or can you pick up a <laughs> pound of hamburg? You know what I mean?
1: You should apologize. For saying Hamburg? I think you owe us all an apology. For, for
0: saying, saying Hamburg. Yes. I'm not going to apologize and I'm going to continue to say it. And you know what? You are... Do you, you realize this? I'm being... No. No, no. At least one of our children, most likely a daughter, will go through life calling it Hamburg. It's
1: just how it works. In in, in opposition to everybody else in America, the nation built on hamburgers.
0: I know you were just speaking, but I wasn't listening because I was looking up the origin of showing the ropes. The origin of this expression is from sailing ships. So there you go. Where the sailors had to get to know the complicated system of ropes which made up the rigging. So that's where you get it. Now,
1: now, now do cut of one's jib.
0: I don't know if you called this one too, but cut of one's jib origin. In the 17th century, the shape of the jib sail Often identified a vessel's nationality and hence whether it was hostile or friendly. The term was being used figurali- figuratively by the 1800s. Well, the we f- didn't think that one, did, you didn't think that one was had a maritime origin, Yes, I did. did. You? I, I said oh.
1: that. It uh, comes from sailing, I'm sure. And, and uh, the cut of one's jib determines whether or not one is effusively friendly Right on a sailing ship. right. That was the exact context in which I used it.
0: you and I have different jib cuts.
1: (laughs) Everybody likes a different jib cut when they're in a steakhouse.
0: If they can't get Hamburg, they'll get a different cut of jib. Olympics are over. What'd you think?
1: (laughs) What I think, mostly, and this is just the way my my brain has deteriorated, when I hear... Olympics. In my head I hear o o o zempic.
0: O o o Olympics. Yes. Great. That's what you think of the Olympics. <laughs> is, I, I
1: used to I used to go to the Olympics for 3 weeks, cover the Olympics, write about the Olympics, and now my thoughts on the Olympics are reduced to the Ozempic jingle. Now what did you think of the Olympics? The Olympics are a very different experience when you're there than when you're watching them on TV in the US. 100%. When you're there, it's this global uh, gathering of athletes and sports, and you're seeing uh, beach volleyball, one minute table tennis, two hours later, then you're standing on a Syntagma Square in Athens watching the marathon go by. Watching them on NBC, it's uh, understandably much more American-centric. And the Completely curated. That's one phrase for it, I suppose. Um, but uh, our 10-year-old wanted to stay up late to see high jumping. And, of course, she ended up falling asleep. So I recorded it for her. It ended up being, I think, 45 seconds uh, of Olympic coverage.
0: So, it's, it's amazing how when you're there, like you said, you go from event to event. And when we were in Athens, we were able to get tickets to a lot of things. My favorite being um, synchronized uh, trampoline. <laughs> have they had synchronized trampoline since the Athens Olympics? I don't know. I don't
1: know, but they, they need to have uh, recumbent tandem cycling. Right, right.
0: So you'd go to an event and you'd watch it, and you'd watch it without commentary, of course, because um, you, know, you weren't in front of a television set, and, and you're seeing you know the athletes just perform. Um, which, which race did we see and I not see? Michael Phelps win a gold medal. Do you remember one of them? One of them. I was super pregnant with our first daughter, and um, just as the race was going off it, on an outdoor pool, I had to use the bathroom, and so I did. And when I returned, Michael Phelps had won a gold medal. Did you miss it too? Did no, Did you accompany I don't me? You know, so. you you got to watch it. Okay, so I'm yes. not sure why
1: I would have accompanied you to the bathroom. Right, but. I
0: don't know. And um, and also when we weren't at an event, we were in our hotel where we were watching the greek coverage of the olympics
1: much more greek-centric than the yes, american coverage yes. is
0: and then when we came home it was oh this is what everybody else this is what every american's experience of the olympics was because this is what nbc was showing you and um it was interesting because just yesterday we had a couple of friends over who live in germany and i asked them you know what what were you watching over there and it was Sports that I don't even know if they were on here. They they mentioned equestrian. They mentioned The Equestrian
1: was very big in Germany, they said.
0: Um, and I forget which which other ones, but it wasn't what we um, are kind of fed here in as our prime time um the main, story of the Olympics.
1: The main horse related coverage Olympic coverage here involved Bruce Springsteen's daughter. Yes. in, dress, in dressage, I think it was yeah. Rebecca.
0: And uh, I was um I was proud of our A word
1: you wouldn't be able to say without Without putting on a ridiculous French accent. Dressage. (laughs) Like
0: that. Um, Our daughter, our 14-year-old, stayed up for all of the um, women's games, uh, women's basketball games, which started at 1240 a.m. except for the gold medal game, which started, I think, at 1030 Eastern. Um, But yes, like everything that we saw, whether it was hours of gymnastics or 45 seconds of the high jump, um, and especially because... Very little was live. Most of it was, you know, shown after the fact, was all very, I think here we get a very kind of curated experience of the Olympics. But that being said, I was watching, I think it was. um,
1: How how would you like a curated experience of me? So (laughs) I I go through my day. Yeah. And then uh, 13 hours later, as the time difference between uh, New York and Tokyo, Um. We just edit, out, edit it down to the most interesting or or the most effusively friendly bits of the day for I, your consumption. You
0: know what I would get rid of the, the part. The, the part I would take out. Yeah, sure. Is um, every day recently, and I know it's just to get on the kids' nerves, but it gets on mine slightly. Is you tell the same joke about the is the bear? Well, well uh, something l- walking l- into shall, a bar. Shall
1: we let the audience judge?
0: <laughs> as long as it counts for today's.
1: T- today's telling? Well, I still yes. have to tell it in front of the kids because but. it just, it, it enrages them. Okay. It infuriates them. Can you, can you and, do But what's interesting me. to me is the first time I told it, it infuriated them. It, because it, it was so bad. Well, it's, I didn't claim it was good. So But, this it, is, but then, then just ignore it. Why, why, why would it enrage people? I don't know. This is our deal.
0: You can, of course, tell it in front of the children again today. Just to make sure I'm not in the room because okay. this is my <laughs> dose of it for the day. Okay.
1: You think you can take another dose of this?
0: I can take one dose a day at the most. Okay. And then then tonight, I will have curated this out.
1: (laughs) Ask your doctor if this joke is right for you. Okay, go. A dog walks into a bar. He says to the bartender, I'll have a gin and tonic. The bartender says, Why the long pause? The dog looks at his legs and says, I don't know.
0: I guess this is one of those jokes you really need the visual, visual because of I, you looking at Ordinarily,
1: your... I look at them, look at them with the backs of my hands and say, I don't know. Either way, it, it, it shouldn't enrage people. I mean, it might horrify them or well, bore the whole, them.
0: But, of course, now the
1: whole reason you do it is because... It's the whole reason I did it in the first the, place. It's the
0: fingernails on the chalkboard. It's, it's uh, become they, that.
1: They hate it. They hate it. So I had to do other, you know...
0: It's everything it represents. I think of like the bad dad joke. Yeah, the well, dad that's, that's the intentional. Yeah, but anyway, back to back to one thing I wanted to bring up about the Olympics. I'm watching volleyball, and one of the volleyball announcers uh, said she reminds me of a young Carrie Walsh Jennings. And I was thinking, do you need to say a young? I don't. I think people would infer that yeah. you didn't mean a old. Right. I was just like, how, how does Kerry Walsh feel about that?
1: Probably, probably less than wonderful. Or, <laughs>
0: like, how would you like it if someone Kerry Walsh was just not life, who
1: isn't old, somebody, only only by of the course. standards of of Olympic volleyball.
0: If somebody said to you, you know, I mean, you know, so and so, so and so. I mean, Steve, they remind me of a young Steve Russian. What does that mean? I mean, I guess we know what it means, but I don't know. Uh, uh, it reminds uh, me of a middle-aged. Yeah. So-and-so.
1: I mean, he, I think the best way of putting it would be, uh, I'll use you for an example. She reminds me of an even younger Rebecca Lobo. There you go.
0: I think that would be the best way to do it. Are you guys serious about this stuff? As a Rebecca Lobo set shot? Class! Well, speak- by the way, Oh, go ahead. Carrie Walsh is 42. Relatively young.
1: Relatively Not even relatively young. Yeah. That's young. Because relative means relative to me. So if you're younger than me, you're young. If you're my age, you're young. And if you're a few years older than me, well, then you're old. And she, I guess, it depends on when you're listening to this
0: because on August fifteenth, she turns forty-three.
1: Well, um, we talked. We've talked about the Olympics and we've talked about cleaning out the garage. And I, I'm going to try to bring those two threads together, Rebecca. In cleaning out the garage, we removed a folded-up ping-pong table that had been. What what's your term for um for bigs in basketball? Space eaters, what what is it again? Yes. Yes, yeah, space, space eaters. It was eater. eating a lot of space.
0: It's a space eating contraption. It, in our it, it was eating
1: so much space it reminded me of a of a young Rebecca Lopo. And so we had to remove it from the garage and I got it up and running and we've left it on the driveway, put a tarp over it overnight, in case it rains. But uh that, that dormant ping pong table unused for certainly since last summer is now used every day it's uh it's the center of the household and i like it
0: it was a gift a a ping pong table that was gifted to us by a neighbor who was moving and knew that it would be much easier to wheel the ping pong table across the street than uh really to do anything else with it so and to, and to I'm, take I'm it glad to the transfer station yeah i'm glad it's found its uh its second life because its second overall life and even its second life here because when we first got it we were using it a ton and now we're using it a ton again
1: we had a, a ping pong table permanently set up in the basement when i was growing up and it was it was in constant use which is why my game is still so tight and right. why i'm more or less unbeatable within the family but um we played where you could hit it off the ceiling hit it off the walls because it was a tight fit in the in the unfinished part of the basement and uh we called it indoor ping pong like indoor soccer where you can kick it off the off the boards Mm -hmm. you know and and i developed the acronym the professional i professionalized it as the national indoor ping pong league the nippl of course you did and uh and we enjoyed that shall we get to viewer mail
0: yes please let's get to viewer mail (laughs)
2: have throw our lure
1: reel us in with your pure uh Stacy with a y writes uh, what what else would stacy have Oh, I guess an i e
0: yeah it could be an i e okay. or an e y
1: yeah or an e y but that would still have a y
0: right okay but you saying stacy with a y makes well, me think it's not with an e y well she signs it's stacy with a y oh okay well that's fair
1: which I can see it's with a Y because if she just signed it Stacy and spelled it with a Y, I'd see that it was Stacy with a Y, right?
0: Are you making like her feel bad for adding
1: Stacy? Oh with no, a y? no, I'm glad many people do this.
0: Right, which is I'm sure why she did. I like right, it. Right, exactly.
1: I like it too. Now, now, I'm. I'm Are you effusive with your? I'm um, being effusively unfriendly here, and I apologize. A little bit. To I, I don't think you intended to be. I didn't.
0: It's just the the way your jib is cut. <laughs> it's, just,
1: it's just the way my jib is cut. Hi, Rebecca and Steve, writes the wonderful Stacy with a Y. Your recent story regarding your kids seeing Rebecca's jersey in the Smithsonian reminded me about an incident years ago I had with my then 14-year-old, however, not quite the notoriety of an Olympic uniform. We had traveled back to my high school for an AAU tournament, and it was the first time I had been there in many years. I was perusing the newly renovated gym trophy case and spotted my team photo and trophy of our second-place finish at State Cross Country in 1981. Excited to share it with my son, I called him over and proudly showed him the evidence of our accomplishment. Looked at it and said awkward and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, Stacy, I thought it was cool. I, I too have been loving the Olympics and really enjoyed the three, the three X three hoops, Rebecca. Three X three, and she wrote it as three X three.
0: Well, that's what it's called.
1: Well, I don't care. I'm not calling it that. Okay. It's three on three. You don't have to. Well, n- why should I? Why cycling should I? is yeah. now called cycling is now called CX cling. I mean, I mean, would I go along with that? No okay uh i too have been loving uh, really enjoyed the 3x3 hoops i will admit the time difference is killing this old lady especially the late night watching women's hoops then the uh 1 or 4 a.m get ups for soccer i'm grateful i'm off for the summer or going to work would be a bit tricky recording it isn't an option i always end up finding out who won got to watch live that has been a, an issue with these olympics you wake up you see who won everything and then that night in prime time you see it again. You see it for the first time, but you already know the result.
0: That's why like the women's soccer was so exciting is because it was shown live in the morning and you're watching it and and it's suspenseful. And um, when you know the result, it of course isn't.
1: I hope you all enjoy the rest of your summer as much as I'm enjoying the Olympics, right? Stacy with a Y. I am missing the WNBA. Go Storm. Stacy with a Y. Thank you, Stacy with a Y. Uh, but the WNBA is back, right, Rebecca? The, the WNBA the is
0: back this week. We'll start with a Commissioner's Cup game on Thursday the 12th. That's where Seattle and Connecticut will play one another in Phoenix. I'm intrigued to see um, how many of the Seattle Olympians will play. They have three Olympians, Sue Bird. Um, or three American Olympians, Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, and Jewel Lloyd, who, um, you know, (laughs) just returned from Japan and in a game that doesn't really impact your standings or playoff positioning or anything like that. I'm curious to see if they will all play or if they will take a little extra time to rest. Connecticut did not have any... um, Players on the U.S. Olympic team, and um, so I expect all of their players to play. But uh, yeah, we're back, and then I'm in Chicago this weekend for um, for an ABC game. So back at it.
1: Tim from Jefferson City, uh, a resident, a resident bracketologist, who I believe.
0: Do you still owe him something?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, Go it's ahead, unbelievable. Tim. It really is. It's 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 effusively unfriendly. Ridiculously so Unbelievable Yes I mean, it really is ridiculous
0: uh, Yeah, I agree
1: Okay, well, why don't you box up some it's nice And all on you Swag this You no, and send it off to Tim and Jefferson I City. might have to Oh, my gosh
0: Anyway, what did Tim say?
1: Good morning, Rebecca and Steve I just wanted to share with Steve that I just read an article written by Lindsay Young for the Vikings.com website about former Viking offensive lineman Corey Stringer on the anniversary of his death during training camp of heat stroke-related complications in 2001 That's right, it's 20 years Wow. Uh, Since Corey Stringer died at Vikings training camp. In the article, she cites an article about Corey written by Steve at the time of his death. I did. I wrote a column at the time. I had not read the article before. I enjoyed both Lindsay's article and Steve's as they brought back memories of what a good guy Corey was. Wanted to thank both writers for sharing their words and stories about Corey from former teammates and coaches. Keep up the good writing, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Um, Rebecca, uh, uh, we have to get him. Yes. Three years on his... uh, his tournament. Yes, absolutely.
0: Did you know that? Well, I think you did, but um, that there's a Corey Stringer Institute at the University of Connecticut.
1: I didn't realize it was a Connecticut. I really, I, I did uh, remember there being a Corey Stringer Institute. Yeah, it's at UConn. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Well, how did it end up at UConn?
0: It's at UConn because Corey Stringer's wife, Kelsey, wanted to develop an exertion heat stroke prevention institute to honor her husband's legacy. And she joined with an exertion heat stroke expert, Douglas Case, who was at the University of Connecticut. So that is why the institute is at UConn.
1: You are a fountain of knowledge, especially as it relates to the. So this is another intersection of our lives, the uh, the Minnesota Vikings and University of Connecticut. Yep. Uh, through Corey Stringer. Great legacy. Greetings and salutations to you both, writes um, John, our Cape Cod correspondent. "Uh, I hope your summer is going well, and as we're into August, I figured it was time for an update from your friendly Cape Cod correspondent. I'm happy to report that the bridge work has been completed and you can access the Cape via either the Bourne or Sagamore bridges without running into construction delays. Now, I I like the idea of giving all of our listeners a Cape Cod traffic report. Yeah, absolutely. We should probably do that uh, every week. Just, yes. just specific to Cape Cod, but for for viewers everywhere.
0: I wonder what I, and I, when you look at our viewer population, how many have ever been to Cape Cod? Because it really is a glorious treasure here in uh, in New England.
1: Oh, it, it, people come from far and wide from from overseas, from Europe, certainly from Canada. Yeah. We. The we beaches are like nowhere else. Many tongues on the beach. Many we hear tongues. them. We don't find them. Yeah. Right. I hope. <laughs> If we found them, then it would not be a very good tourist destination. No. Um, our usual destination, writes uh, John, is the Falmouth area, actually West Falmouth, where my parents live. And we love spending time on or in Buzzards Bay. Fun fact, it's called Buzzards Bay because people confuse the ospreys that frequent the bay with buzzards. Apropos of some of your recent discussions, there is an awesome lazy river at the beach we have access to. Depending on the tide, you can get a great ride into or out of the great sippy Wisset Marsh of up to two or 300 yards. Mm. Now, he has the number two. Or 300. Uh, I'm guessing the ride can be two yards or 300 <laughs> yards. If it's if it's like any la- of the lazy rivers we have, right. we have seen. Uh, I have many memories of our times in the Cape as a kid. Writes John. We had four kids in my family and various first second uh, cousins that visit us. And based on your stories from Stinger Afternoon, Steve, I imagine my experience growing up were very similar to yours. My wife and I ended up settling near Providence. And we're about an hour from West Falmouth, so we find that our drives to the Cape are perfect for checking in with our friends on the BNCPC. Here are a couple more random thoughts from recent podcasts. And they're bullet points, Rebecca. You like bullet points, don't you? Or do My, you prefer number, numbers? My preferred points, yeah. but I don't like to call them bullet. No, no. We'll have to come up with another name for yeah. that. Yeah. I laughed at your description of driving with your family on vacation. Two of my most unforgettable trips were family trips to D.C. and Florida as a kid. We had four six-foot-plus guys, and my sister was 5'11". As the oldest, I grabbed shotgun, and the rest of the kids were stuffed into the back seat of the wood-paneled, of course, station wagon. We didn't have all of the electronic devices to keep people distracted, and highway alphabet only lasts so long. So you can imagine there were some shenanigans going on most of the time. There was nothing but shenanigans, unless you were just too hot and... and, uh, and
0: uh, and as long as they're quiet shenanigans, because like, as we were driving, and it was, I thought, a you know really pleasant drive, except when there was any period of bickering among the kids. Like, you don't like to listen to your kids bicker at all, but on a long car ride, well, the, it
1: just, oof. There were only two settings. They were absorbed in some sort of device or bickering. Yes. The, the thing to do, the only thing there is to do is to bicker. Right. I mean, there's bickering or bantering, and, and the siblings don't banter. They bicker. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So uh, that would be a good show, bantering bickering? or bickering.
0: I think it the other way, bickering or bantering.
1: One aspect of the height thing, writes John, you must love is the ability to find each other anywhere. I could always look over the top of the crowd and find my dad as he was 6'4". That, that is helpful, actually. Mm-hmm. Tall poppy syndrome. If you're in a crowd, at least I can always find you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even when we're not dressed alike, you can find me.
1: Well, when, when we're on our tandem bikes, we will have to be dressed alike. Yes. Another great method of keeping track of everyone is colored t shirts. I have very fond memories of taking our church youth group on mission trips. New York, Philly, and DC were some of the highlights. And keeping track of 20 plus active teenagers while trying to traverse South Side Seaport, uh, uh, South Street Seaport, I'm guessing, or the National Mall was always a challenge. Having them all decked out in, gr- in orange or bright blue t shirts. Usually worked really well. Doing a serpentine walk through a crowd with twenty-five people in the line was a sight to behold. We got really good at counting on those trips too.
0: Do you remember what I used to do when when the kids were younger and we would go to you, like Six Flags? You had
1: like uh, wristbands.
0: No, well, no, no. Did yes, have... I had wristbands, but the, all the the wristbands were like those little rubber wristbands, and all it had inside was my cell phone number in case any of the kids get lost. But no. Which I know sounds a little if excessive. If lost, please return to. <laughs> just call this number. No. Because they were too little to know my cell number. No. Do you remember what I would do so I could, it was easy for me to find
1: them? Of course. What was it? I don't remember.
0: Fluorescent Nike t shirts or sweatshirts. Remember, they all had like whether it was yellow or pink or something right. like that. But fluorescent.
1: And, and then they would be at Six Flags and you'd just see a sea of fluorescent neon, no, you wouldn't. pink and yellow. Wouldn't it was
0: you? much easier to find our kids. And like, they, that those colors also photograph really well and like a place like six flags already has is a super colorful place so you we have some great pictures of the kids when they were little at a place like that but also it made it so much easier for me as i'm like darting around my darting my eyes around right Are they all accounted for you know bright yellow bright yellow bright yellow bright pink all right we're good
1: reminds me of the comedian barry sobel's routine from the 80s when uh he would talk about uh i used to be a A roadie for the village people I would stand at the the tour bus after they'd come off stage and say and just look at the ground and say boots 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 moccasins boots 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 (laughs) okay we can go Uh, Steve's story of hearing Simon and Garfunkel's America while on the Jersey Turnpike reminds me of one time I was crossing the bridge from Oakland into San Francisco when journeys lights came on when the lights go down in the city and the Sun shines on the Bay Needless to say I cranked the radio volume way up. It is great when when your life becomes when the song on the radio becomes the movie soundtrack, don't yeah. you think, Rebecca?
0: And on our ride to DC, our daughter, our oldest who loves music, would um she would have made a playlist for the trip and, and would like when we were going into Philadelphia she just started playing a variety of songs about Philadelphia or playlist. the rocky theme or yeah, yeah, exactly. Um but there's something more special when it just happens to be it's, on the radio. It's serendipity.
1: Yeah. Sadly, question mark, I have to admit, writes John, I was unaware of the Cape Cod nudist colony and probably won't be adding it to our itinerary this summer either. My wife has informed me that nobody wants to see our naked bodies anyway, so at least DGS will not have to avert his eyes in our presence. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, even sadder still, question mark, although there's still time, we haven't received an invitation to former President Obama's birthday bash that rumors say will be occurring on Martha's Vineyard this weekend. So I guess we won't be adding that to the itinerary either. I think that was scaled back and, and I read that among the people who were disinvited because they were worried about the appearances you know, during um, the Delta variant COVID resurgence, uh, that among the people disinvited was Larry David, who I think is a, a regular presence on Martha's Vineyard. And somebody said um, that that would be a no-brainer episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm right. being disinvited <laughs> right. to Obama's birthday party. In closing, it sounds like you and the whole Russian Lobo family are enjoying your summer, so thank you for taking the time to provide great podcasts for the rest of us to enjoy while we travel through ours. Reporting in from under a beach umbrella on the seashore, this is your Cape Cod correspondent signing off. John, thank you, John. Wonderful report from the Cape, don't you think, Rebecca? Phenomenal, yes. Uh, Gail writes, uh, Rebecca and Steve, I loved hearing about your family vacation to Philly and D.C. What a trip. Of course, I am team... Do it all in the pairs of stuff packing division of labors. Before our most recent road trip, I I prepped the house and the minivan, lined up uh, care for the pets, packed myself and the boys, who at six and seven also helped, in quotation marks, returned 57 books to the library and ensured the snacks were easily accessible in the van. Five minutes before we were scheduled to leave, my husband walked into our bedroom and threw pairs of stuff in a bag, grabbed his golf clubs, and walked to the van, ready to go without a care in the world. Well, I mean, if you can do that, Gail, I think that is the way to do it. But it does require the responsible uh, uh, custodian of all the pairs of stuff for the kids, and you are that, Rebecca.
0: You you know my feelings on this.
1: But uh, I, I do like I do like to to uh, travel light and on the fly and and throw a few pairs of stuff into a bag while. Uh, into all a small the, double bag while then hefting my 45-pound golf bag uh, to the car. Hopefully, you're all enjoying the last few weeks before school starts back up again. Gail, thank you, Gail. We are, um, at least I am. Are you, Rebecca?
0: Yeah, I am very much. It's It's been a lovely break. I'm getting ready to go back to work again, and, uh, and we're getting things ready for the kids to go back to school. Still waiting f- uh, for information on whether they will be – required to wear masks or not my assumption is yes of course our our 10 year old will be because she's too young to be vaccinated but um we're just kind of waiting for that information see how things are going to go
1: uh ralph in maryland writes hi restiva in 2002 i went to what to what is now the cap one center to watch the mystics practice asia jones was on the team as was stacy dales both had played in the championship game won by yukon earlier that year aj was not participating that day because she was at the white house with the yukon team i did Get Stacy's autograph and got Asia's at a later date. That was the closest I have intersected presidential activity in all my years in the DC area, and I'm not sure that it counts. At least I was not on crutches. Um, our brush with uh, our brushes with we mentioned on the last podcast our brush with uh, the president or prime minister of, of Iraq, mm-hmm. who, was Iraq. Iraq uh, who was then Iraq, who was then meeting with President Biden, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, was your streak of presidential, because uh, you and I, you met uh, President Clinton several times and then I met him with you one time and then uh, I met President George W. Bush and a I few times and met you met him with me and then uh, you did brackets with Obama. We skipped the last guy and um, you have any presidential meetings with, uh,
0: with President Biden?
1: Yeah. Did you ever meet him? Did, did we talk about this?
0: No, no. He, um, no, I've never met him. He was at a Final Four one year, I think in Denver. Holly Rowe interviewed him. Um, but the rest of us, this is while he was the sitting vice president, the rest of us didn't meet him. And the last guy I did not meet while he was president, but I did do a photo shoot with him way back when I was playing with the New York Liberty. It was a, a public service announcement for Blood Drive. And... uh Anyway, that was a that was brief, a, yeah. brief encounter.
1: A woman loves White Castle so much she had 100 sliders at her 100th birthday. Uh, Anne sends this this uh, story. Hello, Rebecca and Steve. I hope you all have been well. I saw this article and it brought to mind Steve for some reason. I hope this inspires completionist and fan Anne in Mississippi. It's hot here, too. And indeed, here, I have not seen this, is a story from Yahoo. Fantastic finish. Uh, I have a new icon, and her name is Lydia Machin. The 100-year-old celebrated her milestone birthday by getting 100 free White Castle sliders. The company also sent her an engraved plaque to thank her for being a loyal customer over the last century. A true legend. And here is uh, lovely Lydia um, with her uh, plaque from I, White Castle. That's and impressive. you know what it reminds me of? What? It reminds me uh, of the uh, the heavy, solid package that arrived uh I, I don't know if it was by express mail, but it arrived the other day and um, it was from Delta Airlines and it was uh to thank you reward you honor you for being a million mile flyer and in it was like a loose sight uh, wow. desk bobble yeah that that I suggest you wear on a chain around your neck when when boarding in the future and uh, and various other um, uh, uh, luggage tags that that um I think, sweep other passengers from your path like a cow catcher when you're, when you're walking to the gate.
0: Yeah. It's funny, too, because, like, I'm sure if I was a different stage in my life, I would look at this, this plaque proudly, my million-miler status on Delta Airlines, and instead I look at it now and think of how many hours away from my family <laughs>
1: it represents. Well, certainly <laughs> we know how many miles. Right. If only they were all linear and and they had taken you a million miles away from us
0: what's like if you were going to start in hartford and go around the globe circumnavigate a, the yes, globe on a plane any idea how many miles that would be i don't know be? but
1: it would be better on a plane than on a on a recumbent tandem bicycle <laughs> that's true with a big orange flag
0: i just wonder how many times i've circumvented the globe
1: circumvented the globe
0: or circum what is it
1: Uh, if you can if you can figure out a way to circumvent the globe i I would (laughs) i'd like to know how because there were days when circumnavigate circumnavigate don't you remember the uh uh, ferdinand magellan circumnavigating the globe yes the first to circumnavigate the globe right or vasco da gama ferdinand magellan magellan right i don't remember i don't remember vasco da gama i I only remember from uh A Dennis Miller routine in the 80s about the guy with the two cones who after after the plane lands he he waves you to the jetway Mm -hmm. it waves the pilot to the jetway and and he says what do you think the pilot is thinking thanks Vasco da Gama I just flew in from Hong Kong but you're going to take me the last eight feet to the (laughs) gate
0: by the way the way you circumvent the globe is to never travel stay home
1: that's well yes is that circumventing it
0: Yes, it's if you come to an obstacle in a road you can seek to circumvent it. Right. Find uh, a way around.
1: Well, that's what that's what uh, I inter- guess that's just interstellar travelers it. would do. Which mm. people in UFOs or, or beings in UFOs would circumvent? Yeah. Our globe. Um, hello to Rebecca and Steve. Writes John It's not as cool as the Smithsonian, but shouldn't Rebecca's jersey be framed on the wall here alongside a frame of one of Steve's Aaron's space columns or book jacket of the Pint Man? So disappointing. And here is a photo of the Dublin house where you and I met on West 79th Street in Manhattan. I stopped in there to watch the women's 400 meter hurdles on Tuesday night after some wings at Blondie's. Sadly, but not surprisingly, the place was almost empty. I hope they can make it. Hope your family as well haven't listened to podcast in a while, but then I'm back on Metro North four to five days a week. But when I'm back on Metro North four to five days a week, I'll find time. Cheers, John. And indeed, here is a picture of uh, the, the great uh, pink and green neon harp outside the Dublin house tap room, the Dublin house, Rebecca, celebrating our 100 year anniversary this year, 1921 to 2021. Oh, we so gotta get there. we have to get there. We have to. I mean, we, we have to. Yes, agreed. Okay, we will do that. Thank you, John, for alerting us to that. I had no idea. Um, And finally, let's check in with DGS, shall we? We shall. The Notorious DGS writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, During last week's podcast, when you read my viewer mail regarding the French bakery, Steve, you could not have hit that batting practice fastball any harder. Like Ed McMahon and Johnny Carson, my intention was to play the straight man and allow you to pronounce a la Peter Sellers in the Pink Panther movies not only la boulangerie, but also croissant. Well played, my friend. That's another thing that infuriates our children. Almost as much as the dog walks into a bar joke is my pronunciation of croissant. You asked me to pick up some croissants the other day when I was at the grocery and all they had were mini croissants. So I picked them up and mentioned that fact when I got home and our 14-year-old, who turned 15 today as we record this, uh, said, they're called croissants. And I said, not in France they're not. Well, we're not in France. It's my hope, writes DGS, that you watch the recent Hungarian Grand Prix, as Formula One has turned unpredictable this year. And no, Lewis Hamilton is not winning every race. I I didn't see the Hungarian Grand Prix, um, but I am following F1. Sky Sports, with whom ESPN collaborates to broadcast the races, offers short recaps on YouTube. Should you need to catch up? I do indeed. There have been rivalries and even collisions. The latter usually not at all a part of open-wheel racing, and the season now, at its summer break, has been gripping. Uh, There was was a, a collision of the on the first lap of, of the race uh, a few weeks ago that it will impact the, the title race, Rebecca, but I can, I can fill you on that later. ESPN has a good article on famous rivalries and collisions and all can be seen on YouTube. Seven time world champion, Michael Schumacher who was dominant in the late nineties and early two thousands was among those who always seem to be at the edge of the rule book. Tragically, a few years ago, he suffered a snow skiing head injury and likely is quite compromised. Having not been seen for years and with no public information being available, a Netflix movie about him is in the works. I didn't realize that a movie was in the works. Uh, I love I love the uh Formula One updates. I don't get to talk Formula One with with hardly anyone, but Max Verstappen is uh is a big rival to Lewis Hamilton this year, so it's made the race interesting, Rebecca.
0: Max Verstappen? Can you Max spell
1: it? Verstappen, yes. M A X. Oh, Verstappen, V E R S T A P P E N.
0: Is there an umla anywhere?
1: There is not shifting gears as it were the trip to philly and dc sounded wonderful yet the teens in your house were mortified not proud or impressed with the likeness of rebecca in a glass cube at the smithsonian they'll grow up someday no rush and realize how cool that must have been also rebecca you noted on the trip that when the girls needed downtime that your son was ready for action did you not know that boys come in one speed fast and one volume loud i've learned that from hundreds of mothers over the years (laughs) Uh, sometimes the girls come in the uh, loud volume as well but Let me use my medical degree just a bit as a PSA for the pod. Anacin, ibuprofen, acetaminophen? Yikes. Acetaminophen is branded as Tylenol. Anacin is aspirin and caffeine. Anacin is aspirin and caffeine. Oh, that sounds good. Mm. And ibuprofen is in a class of many drugs known as non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Ibuprofen and its similar drugs work very well for musculoskeletal issues, pain in general, and is a mainstay for afterbirth pain relief and surgery in general. The caffeine uh, in anacin can be helpful for headaches, as several prescription drugs for migraine headaches include caffeine. Acetaminophen is generally the safest among all of these very safe medicines and has been in favor, in general, over aspirin for many years. So that's Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Lastly, two old themes from prior podcasts have come into our lives with pictures attached, best in list form, of course. One, attached, please find a picture of an Apple smart speaker. It can play music, and if you say, hey, Siri, to it, it will answer. Oh, in fact, when I said that, Rebecca, the, the laptop that I'm reading so this on I. just popped up. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Says S-I-R-I. No doubt that it is spying on our household. And even worse, apparently, it has to stay plugged in. <laughs> it is definitely spying on our household. Two, a new LDL grocery store opened near our home, and using a coupon to shop, $10 off of a $10 purchase, dinner supplies for $1.53, I happened to stumble upon White Castle sliders in the freezer section, but alas, I was heading home, so I couldn't get them into the freezer, perhaps on the next trip. It, and he has the uh, the uh, photo attached, both of the of the SIRI smart speaker and and the White Castle sliders. What he doesn't have, these are regular White Castle cheeseburgers, I think I mentioned on uh, our last trip to Cape Cod, Cumberland Farms there had White Castle jalapeno sliders. You didn't try those yet, did you? I, I, I Even I have some semblance of dignity. But you and don't. You'll try. I don't, and I will try them, and I'll report back to you. As always, I remain your faithful servant, Gary, with two R's. Dr. Siegel, thank you as ever. Rebecca, anything you want to add?
0: No, just a big, huge, consistent thank you to... Our producer, Denny Gallagher.
1: Who I think went off grid last week. I'm not sure where he went. Perhaps sunny Southern California, a favorite destination of his. I, I really don't know.
0: He's been off-grid for a while. He's got a whole life, a, a young person's life that he's living, and good for him.
1: I don't know what the show Naked and Afraid is, but do you think he's, he's, he's been on that show?
0: I think he's naked and unafraid.
1: Okay. Well, Dr. Siegel will have to I avert would say his we'll eyes. We'll
0: see, but we won't. We
1: don't want to. No. Um, well, on, that, on note, that note.
0: Tom Dick. Ari,
1: Please. Play us out.
2: Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet living in cuckoo nest Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test And driving and fiddly while What we give for a little rest it's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.